Legends dodge. It's like a really dumbed down Dark Souls. It's in really basic Dark Souls, but there's so much power leveling in it that you go up to you go past one of the caves. You have to be level 99 for, but you go past level 99 anyway. But it's just so addictive. And then the second one came out. Um, I don't think it has online co-op at all, unfortunately, but it has, it has couch co-op. So I bought that one, and, and me and Charlotte played through the whole thing. I, I twisted her arm, as I sometimes do, making her play a game with me, and she just got hooked on it as well. And we played it. We played through that in about two weeks, and we both platinumed it because it's that addictive. And she's bought me the series actually birthday, and I keep going online just to check if Cat Quest 2 has gone on offer so we can play through it again. And I, put, I, only, I only finished it last month, but I'd play it again now. It's that good. <laughs> <laughs> but it, wow. yeah, they the the company that make it, it's got some inside jokes in it as well. Like you, you can you get a point where you can learn to walk on water, and you walk across the map, and then there's hidden islands in the middle of the water. And the guys that developed it put a load of level nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine quests on, but you open the quest and it's just open a chest and you pass the quest. And they were all like, yeah, you thought it was going to be dead hard, didn't you? This quest. And the guys that made it have said they're going to do a third one as well. But the the story is just really engaging. It's as silly as it is. It's if if it's on offer, I, I would I would a hundred and ten percent. I'd give you my child if you don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I won't probably won't do my other ass over there. She probably won't won't let me do that. But that's going to save him for all right, mate. <laughs> <laughs> wow, cool beans, right? Um, Ed, tell me a cool right. game, cool indie game. This is going to be a controversial one. Oh. Oh, but No Man's Sky. Oh. Okay. I I think it's a perfect example of an indie company, first of all, getting over in over their heads, failing to meet expectation, and then coming back from that to deliver a product that is absolutely outstanding. Cool. Yeah, I was going like to say, say, they made a really good comeback. Yeah, because, like, everybody saw... What happened with them? Um, they got big money from PlayStation to make this fantastic game, and then tragedy hit uh, where they lost like a huge proportion of the data in a flood. Um, then they released to absolutely trash reviews. The game bombed, and you could go and pick it up in CX for a fiver. And since that point, they've managed to release on pretty much every format possible apart from switch now and then periodically like two three four times a year they're constantly adding new content to the point now where it surpassed those original trailers that wowed everybody and it's just a fantastic redemption story for a small indie developer i surprised it didn't go on switch to be fair yeah because like you said it, it went fully multi-platform apart from switch because it could be no man's switch but we'll move past that they could have done the vr thing to be fair because it I is on vr did, i think you know, did get with, place... with switch all right yeah i think um the labo did um zelda and mario but that was about it so i think again it was an experiment yeah uh, but something like that could have been done with it i think that was quite was, cool was you a fan ed when it came out or was you a fan after they I, updated it and it was I didn't get it for PS4. I was thinking about it, but um, I stayed clear because mm. obviously I bought into the the bad press. Yeah. And then I saw that it was coming to Xbox One and there's a big day one update that's going to completely revolutionize the game. And I thought, right, now's the time I'm going to put my money down and give this game a chance. And... Both me and my wife absolutely love it. Um, to the point where Dawn, she's finished the game on permadeath mode, which even I haven't done yet. <laughs> I played it at launch, and it was uh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I put it in one way. Well, this, this, real, this no, is going fantastic, isn't it? <laughs> no, at launch, it won't. It won't good. Uh, it actually bought it and lent me it, and it, it yeah, won't good. Yeah. Now, now, that was... At launch, all you could do was get in your spaceship, fly a billion miles around the galaxy, and you had a gun that, that didn't shoot anything because there was nothing to shoot. And <laughs> and then now, obviously, they've added people, worlds, loads of building elements. They, it is a, is a proper, like you say, a hero story of they turned it massively around because it went all the way down to a fiver. Now it's about 30 quid again. Yeah. How, yeah. how many games have done that? Like, the last update down. they added is where you can now... Um breed alien creatures together and mm. take them to other people and start having Pokemon battles with them. 
That's mad, isn't it? All right. Yeah. Like, like wow. you even look at, say, Destiny. I mean, Destiny New is still like 50 quid, but Destiny pre-owned is like £2, £3. Yeah. But then No Man's Sky is back up there at 15 to 30. It's, it's crazy that it managed to do that and turn itself yeah. around so much. And mm. it's all been free updates, which mm. is unheard of. They could have easily turned around and put some sort of monetary tag on this after a while. But now, two, three years down the line, they're still chucking out these free updates. Yeah. It's fantastic. Speaking of monetary and updates, I think Joe can probably vouch for this one. Do you think Fallout 76 could do the same thing? Or maybe not to the same extent, but obviously Wastelanders came out. I haven't played it. Um, but it seems like a similar story from all the story beats. And then they did Fallout first, which was badly tanged, admittedly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but do you think that could have the same sort of story because I think the Fallout brands not tainted, but like if Fallout Five gets announced, whether it's Xbox exclusive or not, whatever, I think people are going to be apprehensive. But what do you feel about Fallout Seventy Six? I think, I mean, I said it before. I think it was dead good. I got it shortly after launch when it got panned and went down. Like, like what the pan say, No Man's Sky for was that they want anything to do. It was like a Peter Molyneux title. There was supposed to be 110 things you can do, and there was about three. And then when Fallout 76 came out, it had some technical difficulties. Like I said before, it looked like your guy has like 120 vision, and everything's dead blurry after two foot in front of your face. So fine, and panic for that. But gameplay-wise, there was just no people. It was just you ran to, you picked up cassettes, the cassette told you to do something, and you went and did it. And you talked to robots. And it was exactly like Fallout. All of it was exactly playing a Fallout game. So when I read all the reviews, and I was like, oh, I'm giving it a chance because it went down to like 15 quid dead quick. And I loved it. I put about 40 hours into it straight away because was, it was just playing Fallout. And I was online with people. And every now and again, I'd see someone and we'd just crouch at each other for about 30 seconds and then run off and adventure <laughs> together. <laughs> yeah, it was like, I, trust, I completely trust you as a person now. Let's go do a quest. And we'd join a team and just wander off and fight stuff. And then they updated it now. So there was a there was a Wastelander quest line with loads of people are actually in there. And there's also just villagers in the world. And you can go talk to them, trade with them. So although I don't think it's had the same sort of success story in some respects as um, No Man's Sky, it is actually like, if any of you haven't played it and you can pick it up cheap or it's on Game Pass, definitely download it. It's so good. I think it's wor- I think it just unfortunately, and it is obviously it's just my opinion of it, but I did think it got a very, very hard rap for what it actually was. But it was living up to the tail lights of Fallout 3, Fallout New Vegas, Fallout 4. It's living up to them. And they really, if they'd have put it in with the Wastelanders at the start, I don't think it'd have done as bad. I think people wouldn't have given it as much shit as it got. They were always open about the idea of it, about it, the only people in the world were the players. They always said that. That's what they said, yeah. Yeah, um, so they never really held back from stuff. Um, it was just purely... I think it, a lot of people were thrown off by how empty it was. Yeah. Purely if there was only a certain amount of people on the server, yada yada. So it's uh, it's like anything, like a Borderlands, like a Destiny, like well, maybe not like Destiny, but it's a very lonely game without people. Mm. So obviously, yeah. a, a, that's a multi- right. Yeah, yeah, a multiplayer game that's not got any players. There you go. Yeah. So, <laughs> person, uh, the people in, who inhabit a world create the world, mm. and if you've got even in a deserted wasteland, you need personality. You need that point where you can either have like friends or foes or just general storied interaction is necess- is a necessity. Even yeah. in a MMO game like that, like say it's the same in Elder Scrolls Online. To a certain extent, they had like people in there, and that's what set that apart from um, Fallout seventy six because it was a populated world. Yeah, I think it struggled in a way with because every server when you play it has people in it, but because the map's quite big. There might be five of them are in a team in the top right corner of the map, and the enemies over there are way too leveled high to you, so you can't do it. It's not like you know um, Destiny Two or Destiny where it drops, where you you pick a planet, you go to the planet, and people are constantly coming in and out of the planet with you, and you can run around, and people will come join you or fly past or just run off in the distance, and you go to the main area where the quest giver is, and there'll be loads of people floating about. Then you go back to the to Earth, not Earth, is it Titan or whatever it was called, um, and there'll be loads of people in the hub fallout sort of you spawn in your world where you left off 
then there might just there is twenty four people there, but they're all over all over the planet, and that's it. They're all over the place, and you can see them on your radar and your screen, but it was a bit too far apart. It needed it needed a server capacity of like a hundred, so there'd be more condensed of people if they were going. When they launched it, it, it just don't have enough server people on it. So then the servers have players in them. The map's just too big for where they are. They're just sp- they're sporadically spread out too far. Right. Yeah. 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 I feel that maybe I think the idea as well which i think happens with a lot of games is some people don't like playing with randomers people only want to play with their friends do you think if you had let's say there was 24 people on the map do you think like you know some of them might be in pairs or trios or whatever do you think people are not to blame but like are shy not to talk to each other like the whole idea is to role play in that yeah. game as well as play it like, you are a survivor and you're on your own. I have got this. And you don't know if somebody's going to be a traitor or if someone's going to help you and stuff. It was all about building communities. But with people, you know, with having different levels of social awareness and how they feel about it and stuff. Like, I would, like, I'm quite a confident guy, I like, to think. But I think on Fallout, I'd be a little bit apprehensive of, like, you know, is this guy or girl going to come talk me over because I've just built my camp or yeah i want to do my thing sort of thing so i think that might have been the other part which wasn't bethesda's fault and i'm not going to get on my soapbox and defend them because it wasn't perfect but it wasn't as atrocious as people say so they had had a good system for it like if you punch someone you do no damage you do like one damage so unless they hit you back then griefing and then you do more damage or take normal damage Yes. So they had a good system in place for it, but I just used to... You can batter someone to death if they don't want to fight you. you <laughs> I've seen this, yay. <laughs> you just keep into them until they die. But anyway, um, just to yeah, change back the subject back point. to Indies. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know it was Fallout cast shit. <laughs> that indie game with the massive budget. <laughs> yeah. Right, so Edge was No Man's Sky. Gem, I think you were next. Um, okay, so one of my... My my top pick is a game called Valley. Um, it's by a studio called Blue Isle Studios. And Valley was released a couple of years ago. I think I played it about two years back. And it was just really surprising. It felt like, and I don't know why, but it felt like a really basic version of Bioshock. It was almost like a Bioshock game without all of the, like, I don't even know how to describe it. Like, if you take most of the stuff out of Bioshock and just have kind of, like, that Bioshock vibe, that feel to it, it's like a first-person first person game, um, and it's, like, it requires a lot of exploration and stuff. It just reminded me of a very base version of Bioshock. Um, you basically um, have the power to grant life and death across this, like, deserted island, I guess. Um, and it's like full of um, this history of scientists that use this island to um, find a way to harness this power. And you're tra- you're you're roaming around the place in a, in an exoskeleton suit um, that kind of helps you helps give you this power. And it's like basically just uncovering the past and fighting off the enemies that are left over. Like it's like ghosts and ghouls and stuff. And it's just, it was really interesting, had some really cool, simplistic mechanics, played really nicely, um, and the story was just really good as well. And it, it just, I, I randomly found it on the PlayStation Store one day and just thought, I'm going to give it a try. It was like, I think it was like £10 at the time, and I played it, and I think I completed it in about three days, and it was just, it was a really great experience. It was a really good hidden gem. So that's just shot right to the top of my list. Wow. To be fair, from what you've just told me, I am instantly interested in that. You said exoskeleton, you said powers, yeah. and can you imagine Lost, the TV show, with that instead of what we got? Because <laughs> I would have been all over that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, I like Lost, but that sale. sounds so much better. <laughs> oh, it, was, it was on sale. I think the sale actually ended yesterday. But um, the indie collection sale on the PlayStation Store right now had it for like seven pounds, I think it was. It's just, it's a really nice hidden gem. There's nothing complicated about it. It's not boring. It's not like, um, it's not like one of the most amazing things to have ever come from indie games. But as a hidden gem, it is right up there at the top of the list. It's really good. It's a really good game. I, I'm going to replay it at some point because you can play it two different ways, I think. 
so I think if I remember rightly there's two different endings don't quote me on that though but I think there's like two different endings so yeah if you ever get a chance to try that one just give it just give it a go because it is really good yeah to be fair um that's hooked me and I'm not just saying it for the sake of it that does sound really interesting as well and that's what it's about it doesn't have to be like you know it doesn't have to have a massive budget it doesn't have to have anything over the top it's just you know Today's episode is all about just finding really cool things that have thrown you off guard. So we can just tell other people. It's the yeah. short version of it. Uh, I think I'm next. Uh, mine is The Messenger. I don't know if you've heard me go on about it, like between you three, or ever seen it upload, or anything I've done, because I fanboyed hard over that game. A very interesting game. Uh, basically, you are The Messenger, funnily enough. Uh, and you play as um, a ninja. And you are in at the start an eight bit world, like an NES world. And you've, without spoiling the story, you've got to defeat one of the devil's big henchmen and this, that, and the other, and the devil himself. But you hold the scroll to pass on in the Tower of Time. And when you get there, the, the first half of the game starts off as a platformer. It's just a normal pixely platformer. Like an old school game, it's very unforgiving, but it's its hook is that it's very self-aware. I've noticed this with a lot of indie games, especially Metroidvania games, which we'll get onto. They're very self-aware, they're very humorous, it's got an incredible soundtrack. It's very, if you like chiptune stuff, if you like any retro stuff, unreal. But my favourite thing about it is that it's got two engines, which is really weird, but dead good. Because you go to the Tower of Time, funnily enough, you time travel, which is great. The way they do it is that you have rifts, like little portals and stuff, and you jump through it, the visuals and the soundtrack go from 8-bit to 16-bit instantaneously. And it's like, you're literally going from playing an NES to an SNES, like literally, play that. I'm just looking at it, it looks quite cool, doesn't it? It's really, yeah. really good. Switch uh, is, it looks good. It's multi-platform, so it's on, obviously, Switch, Xbox, PS three four and pc so if you get a chance to get it on any platform in a sale bearing in mind it was on games with gold and or game pass make sure you check it out because it's absolutely incredible i can't tell you enough how good it is um and because a lot of indie devs are doing this it has free dlc imagine that imagine adding to a story or adding to a game a bit of fun not to make money <laughs> imagine just <laughs> doing it and enjoying the art that what it is so yeah so between the engine switches, the soundtrack, definitely go on Spotify, Apple, anything you need to. Type in the Messenger soundtrack because it has both albums in one. So really, really cool. Um, yeah, so it's about 12 hours long. But then you can do New Game Plus and there's a lot of collectibles and yada yada. So if you want something to last you night, especially if you're in a lockdown or anything like that, or if you've got a week to kill, just have a go. You don't have to smash it in like two days. Did you definitely ever... miss the indie sale? Yeah, <laughs> well... Did you ever play uh, Evo Land? No. Well, if you look, right, it starts off... You, you open chests, because of what you said about two engines. You mm. open chests, and as you open chests, you change the, the age of the game. <laughs> oh, so wow. it gets newer, oh, and cool. it changes through generations. Was and it goes through, Evo? like, Evo Land. I'll put it in the group chat. It's only it's on your phone, but I think it's on PlayStation and Switch and that. Now. It was only two ninety nine on your phone, but I I got it. From, it's on Android. It was free, and it starts off on like Game Boy Color, Game Boy graphics. Then you open a chest and it goes Game Boy Color, and then you open another one. And it goes to DS style graphics. Then you oh, open wow. another one. Then it goes. It just keeps growing and growing, um, and it, it does some like it does all like Zelda style gameplay, and then it does turn based gameplay. And it's really cool. It, it, it was a really random, <laughs> like a, really random so amalgamation. Cool. It was an indie game. But I'll, I'll put it in the group chat anyway. And anyone yeah. that, and it just, just as I didn't even put that in my list. Yeah, but just we'll link it. About this <laughs> weekend, it. Well, we'll just link our group chat. We'll we'll link it on, <laughs> on the Facebook and all the rest of it on the Facebooks. Um, so number two, I think it's back to you, Joe. Okay, mine is, and I think that you guys might also agree, is actually Overcooked one and two. Yes, <laughs> yes. It's an absolutely. It was a guy I used to work with a game. Uh, Simon Help mentioned it when I worked in Leeds, and he said it was dead good. And we were all talking about it. The, the store I was doing some training in, so I saw it on the shelf and it went dead cheap. So I picked it up and brought it home. Uh, me and Charlotte had a crack at it, and then that was it. We must have lost like three weeks to it, and then we bought all the <laughs> DLC for it. Wow. And then it was that good that I bought it again 
on the PlayStation and we played it all again uh, and bought all the DLC again, played it all again. Then the second one came out and we bought that and we played through all of it. Then we bought it again on the other console and played through it all and bought the season pass and played through it all again. Oh, and then God. I bought them both on Switch as well. And just the other day, I've ordered the all-you-can-eat version, which is Overcooked 1 and 2, <laughs> that, yeah. in 4K with new graphics that makes it even better, and all the DLCs, because I will happily play through the whole thing again. And then when I finish that and eventually get a PS5, I will buy it again and play it again. It is I don't, that I don't know how... Like, I know that there are, there are games that like just completely like grab you to yeah. a point where you will play it no matter how no matter what platform it comes out on no matter how many times it's re-released you will replay that game to death yeah i i can't do that it's very very rare i find a game that i think i could play that a thousand times and still love it just as much as the first time i think i can't there's not many single player i'll do resident evil 2 and 3 again because i love them but i don't know if i'll thousand gm i just want to play them and enjoy the story and i like to end the achievements but like yeah. overbooked i think it's because because me and me and charlotte can play it together and we yeah. love it, and we shout at each other, and it's co-op. Because it's, co- it's the co-op ones that I'll happily play again on another machine. Um, mm. not, it's not to say that, as you guys know, it has no story or anything. You just you go on a map, and it's just a challenge. And you end up shouting at each other, get the fucking get the pizza out of the oven, get the fucking pizza out of the oven. Oh, it's on fire, where's the fucking fire extinguisher? Oh, why are you put the pizza the in the bin? You start... oh, you're like Kev, who keeps throwing the mushrooms back at me. Oh yeah, we we found that we we I used needed to, uh, pizza bases. I didn't need mushrooms. I gave you pizza bases, <laughs> and I was giving you the mushrooms to put on the pizza, and you were throwing them back at me, or just throwing them off over the side. <laughs> the game's so it was good. taking up time and space. It's about efficiency, not mushrooms. Efficiency. I throw all of the shrimps at Charlotte and prawns, and right? we call it floor prawn. And she goes, "Are there any prawns?" I go, "You've got some floor prawns." And they just, just the, the, the customers don't care if the prawns are on the floor, do they? They'll eat it. Yeah, behind closed it, doors, isn't it? It just absorbs you, doesn't it? It's so it is it is just chaotic fun, and it is yeah. a challenge as well. Like some of the maps, on the first one especially, are so hard, um, and some of the DLC maps were so difficult. And it is to get the th- we we managed we have we haven't platinum it because I've got like two trophies to earn for multiplayer on it, but we, we've done everything on it. We three starred every single level every time we've played it. It is that good. And I'm happily buying it again, which I obviously have, but I'm happily going to play it again because I just it's just dead good fun. Yeah. yeah. Good question. How many... How should I put it? Which game have you bought more editions of on different formats? Resident Evil 4 or Overcooked? Overcooked. They all yeah. day long. Yeah, I've bought it, what, one, six, seven times now. Seven? And I'll be buying it again on a PS5. So yeah, that's it, fair. I'll get on PS5. But, so. but I bought Resident Evil 4 on... On PS2, GameCube, actually no, PS2, GameCube, PS3, PS4, 360, Xbox One. Oh no, yeah, no, it's six. So Overcooked is eight by one. But then oh, if, no. if they okay. release a Series X version of Resident Evil Four, then I'll buy that. Or if it goes on Game Pass, or if it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> but can you count remake as Resident Evil Four as and when it happens? It's like oh, I've got Resident Evil Three. But it's not like I've got two copies of it, I've got two versions of it. So yeah. that's the question. Oh, well, if we're going off that, then, then they're both on six, aren't they? Because I've bought okay. Resident Evil 4, the normal version, six times, and Overcooked 1 and 2 six times, and then I've bought Overcooked All You Can Eat, which is the remastered, remade version. So <laughs> I'm technically, blaming you, by the way. Technically, I'm on six and six. I'm watching a Steelbook copy on PS2 of Resident Evil 4, and it's purely because we've talked about it so much, it needs to live on my shelf now. So, <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, I could buy it now, but there's no thrill in that. So, yeah, wait, wait until last minute. Uh, sniping, baby, sniping. <laughs> That's it, no scoping on eBay. Ed, tell me your second pick, my friend. My second pick is Super Hot. Oh, it's just the VR thing? The VR FPS... Matrixy shooting thing. And oh, shoot the red blood. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Stuff only move when something happens. That yeah, the gate is like a. It's a game made by a small Polish team. And essentially, it's an FPS game, but time only moves when you move. That's it, yeah. And cool. you have like a A to B level experience where you have to make it from one end to the other, take out whoever's in your way with whatever you can get your hands on. It could be. Bottles, briefcases, knives, guns, whatever you find. And it's just so much fun. 
And at the end of the level, you get to watch back everything you've done in real time. And it looks like some sort of Matrix John Wick shit going on. It's great. <laughs> That's the best review I've heard. It's just like a VR John Wick shit. It's fucking great. It's like, <laughs> it's like this one guy. I was playing. I played a little bit yesterday just to get a, a feel for the game again. And I ran out of bullets in my gun. Threw the gun at some guy's head, grabbed his pistol, shot his mate, and legged it to the exit. Is this in the game, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And it's such a simple premise. But then by the time you've finished and done the whole game, like the level, you just look back and watch it through again. And it just makes you feel like a badass. And especially, like I said, I've not owned it in VR, but I've played it in VR. And it's trippy. It really is. Like, Because um, the game you play for, is from a per, um, first perspective. So it's designed to be played in that, that medium. But it's just so out there. It's fantastic. Um, it's definitely a game to aspire to own on VR. Um, eventually, when I do either buy an Oculus or I think it's available on PSVR as well. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, so it'll be one of the two. Um, it depends whichever one I find cheaper first. But it was like a, a day one instant purchase. Mm. Wow. It was one I kept wanting to get, but it was just always too expensive when I had yeah. my VR. And I had, um, I had the AIM controller, two remotes. I bought, I bought loads of VR games, Doom, Skyrim, Farpoint, uh, I, I had a load of the random indie titles. But the, the best one I played on VR was Farpoint with the gun because it had two, yeah. two analog sticks. Um, one analog stick, and the motion pointer with the gun. Um, and that was astonishing because you duck behind cover and you come out. And I kept wanting to get that super hot, but it was just always so expensive. So yeah. I, it was expensive. It was twenty five quid, and I, I just didn't want to pay. I just didn't want to pay full price. If it's not on sale, yeah. I ain't buying it. Because <laughs> yeah, um, essentially, I've got them. I got the first one through uh, Games with Gold, and mm. it was just like a, a little title that's always been on the edge of my subconscious. But again, didn't want to lay out the cash for something I wasn't. 100% sure on. One of them, you can't play it with a controller, yeah. really, can you? You have to no. play it on VR, don't you? Get the full experience. Yeah. I, it's it's fun to play through a, con- a controller or a keyboard and mouse or whatever, but it's a game you need to experience in VR. It's like, it's one of those games that can sell VR to you. Mm. But what I find interesting about the game is that doing some research, it started off, uh, the initial concept for the game was built in seven days for a competition. Wow. And then they took that idea and then took it to Kickstarter and made the money for the game, released it on PC and then released it on console, and it's just spread like wildfire. And it's a fantastic show what indie is good for. And it's just taking a small idea, looking at your crowdfunding, looking at approaching a big thing like going to a a big company and saying, right, we want to make this game, can you help fund it? Can you help distribute it? And it just shows that small ideas can often deliver big rewards. Yeah, I believe that a lot. Of, yeah, a lot of Kickstarters and stuff, and a lot of GoFundMe's and this and the other is that you tend to find some of the better games that are coming out are indie games. It's nothing against AAA because obviously big budgets, really impressive, etc. You tend to find that indie games are made with more passion. Obviously, they're more for gamers, by gamers, etc. Yeah. So all the little quality of life things you think, you know, oh, you might find it in a big game like a Resident Evil or whatever, but it's just little things. Like, this is why you have meta humor in it. This is why it's got more personality. Yeah. It's like you've got these big, you know, FPS games and stuff, and they'll come out and it looks cool and stuff, but you tend to find, in my opinion, might not agree, might do, that indie games tend to have a little bit more about them in that sense. The so... problem is with that, is that, Big AAA titles where your big developers and your big distributors have a board to please. They have shareholders to please. They oh, have yeah. boxes to tick, and they have profits and end-of-year statements to c- compile and show people. Indie developers are making the game because they want to make this game. Yeah. yeah. And that's all it comes down to. Yeah. So they've got no one to please or no one to, to like judge this title initially. Mm. Apart for themselves, it's their own. They're their own. Their own critic. They're their own PR team. They're their own developers. Their own sound managers. And well, it's such a small, yeah. small, knit project of like um, it could be anywhere from one person. Like you got that um, 
Korean guy who made that FPS game for the um, Xbox. Oh, yeah. yeah, the one that was shown at the show. Yeah. Jesus, right. that looked incredible yeah. for what it was. It, like, bright for infinite, whatever it's called. Yeah, for one guy making that game, it's brilliant. I'm just saying, I've not played it yet. Yeah, or you yeah, can yeah. have like a, a smaller, like a, a bigger team of like 10, 20 people, like um, Hello yeah, yeah. Games again with No Man's Sky. But it's just, they've got nobody looking over their shoulders. And it's that freedom. They can... Like if you if you were to take Cyberpunk and class that as an indie game, I think maybe it'd be better received. But because it's from a big development company now, it gets panned. So the indie games get better reputations because we have a lower expectation of what we're going to get. Mm. Not 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 to say we're yeah. expecting worse games, but you know if if um, I don't know Bethesda came out and released Cat Quest tomorrow, then you'd be like, well, that looks like a bag of shit. Like you, you're releasing. <laughs> You're releasing Fallout, and now you're releasing a couple of cats. What What are you doing? So, but then it comes from a guy. Yeah, it comes from a guy in his office with a couple of mates, two bros, and then it suddenly is great because I'm not expecting to get bowled over. So I think a lot of the indie devs uh, get the blessing that you're not. They're indie. You're not expecting them to be groundbreaking. You're not expecting them to be yeah. ray traced lightning. You're yeah. not expecting groundbreaking physics and gameplay. Um, I know obviously there are there are yeah. parts where they stunt footwork, so No Man's Sky when it launched didn't get that reception, but I think as well No Man's Sky got bigged up too much by Sony to say it was going to be the next biggest game ever made, so similar to what happened yeah. with CD Projekt Red. But I think but, like when there are yeah. these big titles, the the they have they have an expectation, which is why you know you take you take Cyberpunk and bang it under the banner of anyone else that was small and it was incredible, but because it was made by a massive company now, we had an expectation that. That it didn't meet. The graphics are incredible. The gameplay is incredible. Even on last gen, let's be real, it is good looking game. It is good gameplay. But they just decided to pick all the bugs apart. So then we 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 slander it, and that's it. It's done. Yeah. yeah the thing with Bethesda bugs, it's become a bit of a meme. Oh yeah. <laughs> to the point where like it's it's classed as forgivable, but when you are paying full price for a game, it doesn't feel as much. Yeah, and I know yeah, that's yeah, people yeah. nitpicking. That is day, you know, and that's why we have day one patches and stuff. But when I made a joke like you know earlier about uh, Ubisoft games and stuff, Assassin's Creed, uh, you know that whole debacle. That's still what was like like 2014, 2015, and we still remember that like it's a thing. But I think the um, the main difference you've got, which is dead obvious, but I'll say it anyway, is money. In the sense of Ed's point was fantastic, and so is, you know so is everybody's. Where it's like you two things you've got to worry about. One has all the money it needs, essentially, and a board of directors to please. And then another one's pleased for itself, but it might only get a chance to make one game ever, because it's not got the money to fund a sequel or anything, unless this one sells. So, it really is that... It's, you tend to find, um, and I don't know if you'll agree with me on this, but I feel that if you have a game that does well, like Hollow Knight's a good one, for example, Team Cherry have only ever made Hollow Knight, but they will make a second one, or they'll do another game, because Hollow Knight had so much of, um, you know, a cult following on all the rest of it, it's like, wow, we're, you know, we're not struggling to put the studio. We can't afford to hire more people. We can now start working on the next thing instead of being like, oh, shit, if this doesn't sell, then we're all, you know, I've got to sell my house. So yeah. <laughs> that, it sounds bad, but people may not take that into account that the people that be, are behind these video games literally may have to do that. <laughs> Like, when Telltale Games collapsed, um, I don't know if you've ever watched the Noclip documentaries or anything, which are fantastic, by the way. If you ever get a chance, and like an hour or two on YouTube, type in Noclip, and most games you can think of have a really, really good documentary on it. And there was one which was the fall of Telltale, and there was people saying I had to relocate across the country to work for another studio, I had to sell a house, you know, this, that, and the other, and it's nuts. Where, like, something that, like, The Wolf Among Us or something, which is, like, four quid in a sale now or like it was like four quid an episode which isn't really a lot when you think about it the fact that you know if that didn't sell as well like some of the later games didn't they went bust nuts and they were actually well most of them were really good games so uh, this is one of the reasons we wanted to talk about indie games is not obviously for sympathy but just to recognize like absolutely some of the best stuff out there is indie right my tangent's obviously gone way past it gem (laughs) what's your (laughs) second game um well just one of the quick notes i wanted to add on was um you know the differences between like a triple a triple a game and an indie game i think 
one of the biggest distinctions is that indie games have the freedom to be so creative and AAA games kind of stick to like the film um what just standard. happened i'm sorry Jim. what just happened drop the hoover <laughs> sorry Jim, i pressed the mute button there while i was getting the charger well now keep going keep going just be a minute guys oh my god <laughs> don't forget there he is he's muted there sorry Gemma, you were saying oh my god um yeah we have to game... by the way <laughs> yeah triple a games tend to uh, do like a movie method thing where they try and do like a standard of cinematic scale whereas okay. uh, indies stick to being creative and that's why like I think that's why they catch us off guard so much is because we forget that games don't have to be deadly serious all the time um, so yeah um, but my other pick is um, a game called Faye I think I've mentioned this a couple of times in in, last, yeah. in past episodes. Mm. Uh, Faye is just one of the cutest games I have ever played. Um, they showed it at um, E3 in like 2017, and it came out the following year. Um, is it Ori Q? Yes. Wow. Okay. Honestly, it's it's just so cute. Um, so it came out in like 2018 and um even when i saw the trailer for it at e3 i knew i was going to buy it so as soon as it came out i bought it and um i played it for a couple of days straight um and it's just it's just so good it doesn't have um it doesn't have any dialogue the story you have to uncover yourself in the game um, and you just you have to kind of catch on to the clues that like the visual clues that the game gives you. Um, it's just a, a 3D puzzle platforming game, um, and you play as a little wolf. What game was it? I had some technical difficulties with the. Falling <laughs> over. Welcome back, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're talking you about describing un- Oh, I thought you were describing Unravel at first. I was just about to remember. No. Uh-huh. Um, oh, no, that's a good one. Yeah, sorry. Carry on. Okay. Oh yeah, it's um, it's three D puzzle platformer. You play as a little wolf, and you have to like save the forest, and you you learn new abilities to communicate with other animals. Um, and you there's no like, there's no combat. You it's all sneaking around and trying to get past the enemy and stuff, and hiding in the shadows and in like the bushes and everything. And you have to you just you have to just save the animals and save the forest, and the game doesn't tell you how to do this. You have to figure it out yourself. And it's just a really good, fun, cute game. Um, one of the things that I really, really loved about Faye was uh, the colour palette of Faye is gorgeous. Like, just the style of it and the colour is great. It's one of the best games I've ever played. That's, uh, that's quite play. a strong claim, to be fair, Jem. Uh, you, to be fair, you'll have to show us it, or you can link us to it and we'll have a look. Yeah, All these we... games, by the way, we can pop in, you know, whether it's a link to them in the store or the trailers or anything, you know, we can pop them in the description as well, just so you know, so you know what we're yeah. actually talking about. And if you yeah, like, wanna, this game is dead good. If they want to send us some copies, like... <laughs> no, to be honest, actually, it was a thing I wasn't going to think about yet, but if there's anything you want us to play or ask our opinions on and stuff as well, join Thanks in the conversation, that. please ask us, or give us free games, who, who cares? So, like, you know... <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm half looking. No, like, it's, um... If, you know, if there's anything, because we are obviously talking to you out there as well as you guys listening, so if there's anything you want to ask our opinions on, or if you want us to play, I'll let you know. If we've played it before you think about buying it, just ask us. We can, uh... We can do the review. Oh, it's shit. You play oh, it's probably... Then, yeah, you know, twenty pound an hour. Twenty pound an hour. It costs one pound per DM you send us. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but no, <laughs> let us know. Uh, yeah, feel free to join in the conversation as well because that's what we're here for. My second pick is going to be Dead Cells. I don't oh, know if you guys have played it. Yeah, there you yeah, go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Dead Cells right. for you out there that haven't played it is uh, made by a small French company called Motion Twin. Again, I think it's their first or one of their first, but they've worked on it and supported it for so long. 
It came out in like 2017, um, after ages and ages of, uh, I think it was 2017. But still now, they're doing DLC. They're still tweaking it. They're still adding to it. And you tend to find that a lot with indie games. If it's someone's baby especially, they will put all their work into it before they even think about doing a sequel. Like, if you have a look at Among Us, Among Us came out like, what, 2017, 2018? They cancelled the sequel because the first one just... It was another like it's another fall guys. It's another one of these. It's like why don't we just carry on doing that? So I think you tend to find that with um, indie games being handled with care, as opposed to banging out loads of sequels. It's worth doing more, like more on the one game. But back to Dead Cells, it is a you know two D. It's like a roguelike, isn't it? It's like. Um, it's a roguelike platformer uh, where you do get permadeath, and the whole point is you essentially play an undead guy with a flamey head. It's very cool and weird looking, but we'll link it in the description. And you go through level and level. It's very much a Metroidvania where you pick your own adventure. If you go to the next area, it could have one of three exits. But the most cool thing that I think separates it is that each level is sort of randomly generated. So if you were going, if you were starting somewhere and you were going to, you know, the poison sewers or if he was going to the depths or if you're going to one of the place you'll be going to that area and it will have that background but the map will never be the same twice which i think is fantastic because it's like how they've even programmed a game to do that with so many assets i suppose this is why they're working on it all the time but how cool is that yeah mm. let's just play that game but it's never the same you know it's what to really do replayable as well isn't it because you, you die loads part of the game in it and, and yeah. then you get different unlocks or you return and buy new powers and yes. there's hundreds of powers in it as well it's so it was re- and then you buy powers because you get you can only get so far in like through di- three different areas and then it's ridiculously difficult until you've done it a load of times and died a load of times and you've unlocked so at the start you can start with a better weapon so then you can make it there dead easy and then get past that bit as well easier now and it, yes. i really i loved it i, I had it because a game pass and then my game pass ended and i don't like xbox if- yeah. <laughs> wow. So the man who just bought a series That's X. Say, don't this tell is, you, Mrs. G. This is awkward, isn't it? <laughs> uh, no, um, but the thing is, even if you don't have Game Pass, it's worth playing, regardless of platform. It's absolutely fantastic. It's on Switch, it's on PlayStation, PC, etc. It's. I think the world record on it is about five and a half minutes or something obscene. Even if you did like a full, inverted commas, full playthrough of one run it's about 20 minutes long half an hour if you know what you're doing or if you've been there before first time you play it you'll get an hour or two out of it because you don't know where you're going and you'll die a lot because the thing about a lot of games is death is a mechanic and i think i don't know about you guys but permadeath and death in games put me off loads like i don't want to do this i can't be asked to do it all over again yada yada but from playing games where death is an actual mechanic you know the whole point of it is Right, you died, you know how you died, where you died, and why you died. You won't do it again. And if you do, it's because you're doing the same thing. And it takes a steep learning curve, but when you get it done, it's so satisfying. So, um, Paradeath and Paradeath Great is really good. Again, very cool visuals, stylized, pixelized, and all the rest of it. Sense of humor. Again, in indie games, like we said, they've got more personality. And again, it's dead self-aware. And that's one of my favourite things. When a game can rip the piss out of itself and the player, Krill. Like, in the messenger, it says, you've died 537 times, get good. Like, <laughs> like that's what I'm here for. That's Brill. The story, it's got a story, but it's... I don't want to spoil it, but the, I don't think there's much of a story. Because I think the gameplay is the story, if that makes sense. It speaks for itself as you play. It is a bit of a, you know, hack and slash them, 2D platformer, run and go. But once you complete it, you can get a modifier and then another one, and then it's got up to four harder mods on it. But even even going from normal to the first hard mod is ridiculous. It's so hard. But again, you think you've got really powerful, it knocks you straight on your ass and to start again. And then you'll enjoy it over and over. So yeah, very, very cool game. So is that everybody's two... I think that's everybody's too right. So we are going to move on to honourable mentions. And this, literally, throw any titles at me, or or anyone. It doesn't have to have a long-winded explanation. Just recommend a few titles with all that explanation. Joe? Well, mine my, my ain't got an explanation, but uh, it is an odd one because it technically isn't, I don't think, classed as indie anymore. 
Okay. Um, but it's Minecraft. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Once was it? No, yes. it's massive, isn't it? It's just huge. Yeah. I love it. But, um, yeah, it's not indie anymore, really. I wouldn't say it's indie now, is it? When it got bought out for, what, a billion dollars? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know. You can go back to it because it hasn't changed its gameplay. It still is what the indie game was. It's just got money. Yeah. So, At yeah. its core, it hasn't changed, but the overall content of the game is huge compared to oh, where it yeah. was before before Microsoft bought it. Anymore. I don't have a clue what yeah. I'm doing right now. I just, I just run around and dig shit up and bunch stuff. Yeah. I play it all the time. It's like my go-to chill-out game. It's everybody's mellow game. I never go yeah. into it. Uh, I know a lot of people that play Minecraft, yeah. as, 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 as any gamer would. I've got a world on it that we've been playing for about nine years, me and Dewey, and so, I, I, it's still got sure? it. It's massive. It's ridiculous. Like, it's like we've built a whole a whole city in it, and it's it's in survival mode. It's not in um, building mode or whatever it's called. So like we've built this massive castle, but we spent it was because we used to use it as a phone call. We that's why I love it. I used to sit on it. And we'd just chat shit and play and craft and mine. That was it. It wasn't like it was a... Uh, and Glenn used to join. People used to come on and just play it with us. And it was where we'd have our... That was where we'd catch up about life. And it was it was brilliant for that. I used to love it. But yeah, we've got a, got a map on it that's absolutely ridiculous. It's huge. But I love it. I think it's a great game. No, I think that's, yeah, that's yeah. my honourable. It's, it's not good enough to say I think it was in my top two, but it's an honourable mention. Yeah, yeah. Have you got any more or are we... That was it. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing else. else. Uh, no other games ever. They're all crap. Hold so. on, game over. <laughs> yeah, okay, go on then. Throw some games at us. I've got three picks. All right. One. Well, my first one, Hand of Fate by Defiant Development. Um, a great D and D style card based action game. Okay. Um, massively replayable. Um, no two game experiences feel the same. And as you progress through, you get more cards added to your deck, which gives you more options. And it's just you playing against the dealer. And it's great fun. I can lose hours into that game. Was it developed in Grimsby if you're fighting dealers? No. Um, When I say dealer... I just wanted to check what's for you. When I say dealer, I say the card dealer. Yes, I just feared for your safety. I I tried to be a good friend. Hey, no, thanks. Uh, Thanks for looking out for me. Yeah. Um, second one is Lovers in a Dangerous Space Time by Android Base. It's a really, really cool um, co-op shooter where you each take control of a certain part of a spaceship and you have to guide it through and rescue animals and win a wonderful looking game. But it's again, it's just great fun with a bunch of people. And my third pick is Beyond Eyes by Tiger and Squid, which shows the beauty of indie that they can take risks with an art style and do something that you wouldn't normally get because this game is made from the perspective of a blind person and there's the whole game is white apart from stuff you can touch and stuff you can hear and it's just a beautiful art style and a, a gameplay mechanic as well that sounds yeah, amazing that's really cool yeah, mm. it is. Like, but, uh, the, yeah. the story is quite tragic because you play as a little girl who got blinded by a firework. Yeah, but the um, progression through the story is fantastic. And it just shows that little intimacy you can get um, from indie that you, can't, that you wouldn't expect to see from a big developer. Yeah. And like, just little things like you hear a car and you've got to judge whether it's safe to cross that road or, or you risk getting knocked down and it's just little little touches that just make this game beautiful yeah there's um a thing um which a lot of people do but sometimes talk about but not really i think video games is a really good medium for like mental health support and stuff as well i think it's a huge thing because i know the stereotype of a video gamer is somebody plays fifa and card and yada yada or a hardcore esports gamer and stuff and that sort of stuff but no, to be fair, like we talk about these, and we even do this podcast purely because we love them and we enjoy them. Like, you know, you like them for different reasons. If you want to shoot someone's dick off, then that's fine, one thing. But if you want to, like, you know, get into a story because you want like a cinematic experience, that's fine. But sometimes they just help you cope. 
Absolutely. Stuff. If it's a welcome distraction, there's a game which uh, forgive me for not knowing the name of it. Um, there was a game which was to do with I think the, the, it was about two parents, and I'm sure that the child got cancer or something like that. And it was about grieving, and it helped, and it was about going through that. And you'd think, man, that sounds like a really awful video game. That sounds like really sad. But apparently, it was to do with the developers helping to cope because yeah. it happened. And I don't think you can get more bittersweet than that, with, not with the sweet bit, but you can get more, you know, involved, immersed, that sort of thing than that. And whether it's for, as I say, for just a bit of pleasure, whether it's to sort of get out of what things that are happening in your own life and stuff, I think games, one of the reasons we celebrate them so much is because it's an escape, as we've always said. Yeah. But yeah, from what you just said about that game, I instantly want to play it, Ed. That sounds incredible. Yeah. But again, they'll never hear this anyway, but I want to thank all like, you know, devs and the sound of the for doing this, because nobody has to do this. Video gaming is a luxury. And Absolutely, yeah. we don't talk about that enough. And it's just nice to recognize. So to any dev ever that will probably never listen to this, thanks. Keep thank that you. shit up. Thank you. Keep that shit up. <laughs> Um, quick Jim. one Go on. Jim I think it's you honourable mentions please uh, right I'm going to name a couple of obvious ones like uh, Journey was like is a huge indie game and I think most people have played it but um, it deserves to be played because it's just it's another game that just it has no dialogue and you just you're going through the game and it has that really like surprising multiplayer aspect to it that just randomly happens halfway through the game where when somebody else is also playing journey at the same time as you literally anywhere else in the world their character can randomly turn up in your instance and you're both running side by side together through the game oh, it's, wow. just really, cool. it's just yeah. really cool and it's just it's a really gorgeous game i remember playing it for the first time on ps3 and thinking this this game is beautiful like the it just i could imagine it being in like 4k ultra hd gorgeous it was gorgeous on ps3 and i I can imagine it being just as gorgeous if not more gorgeous um on like future consoles and generations and stuff um entwined is is very very similar based on going through the game um it's like musical, so it's like every every level you have to hit the notes, and it's like you play, you have to control one character with on one side of the controller and the other one on the other side of the controller, and you are forced to move them in opposite directions, and it's just really fun. Like it shows you how good your hand-eye coordination is, if nothing else. But the one I wanted to give the most honourable mention to was Spirit of the North which I just played very recently. Uh, Spirit of the North is um, you play as a a fox, and the fox is trying to find his other half because they are the Northern Lights, and the world is in peril because the Northern Lights have been split up. And oh. the story was just... It, like, it really surprised me when I got to the end. I was just like, oh, holy crap, Like that's actually really cool. Um and it's got like its own there's like it tells you the story throughout the game but in mural form there's no dialogue or anything in it again um so you have to figure out the story um on the walls of the tombs and the castles and stuff as you as you're navigating the world and it's just that one particularly lately because i played it so recently really stands out to me um it's just really colorful um it's quite bittersweet as well um and i just I don't think it gets enough recognition. No. Um, I have seen Entwined, but to be honest, uh, I've got crap thumbs. Let's see how it is. <laughs> I don't think, well, to be honest, I, like, I just don't think, I, uh, I think it looks like it's worth having a go. I do. Yeah. I mean, cool. even um, even Abzu. So, like, Journey, Entwined, and Abzu all pretty much came out around the same time. And even but they Abzu... had a triple pack. Um, yeah, they, you can yeah. find them in triple packs sometimes on like the PlayStation Store and stuff. And mm. um, even Abzu, 
is it's colorful and quirky and again it's like a non-dialogue game so you just you're navigating through the world through the story that they're trying to tell you with like the visual cues and stuff and it's all based underwater and you play like a little faceless diver who's just like swimming like constantly swimming through the world and it's just it's just those kind of games they're so simple but they're so impactful at the same time mm. like if you can piece together the story through the visual clues of the game you always find that it's like oh that's actually a really really good story like it's so simple but so <clears throat> effective wow so after we get off this i think you're gonna have to show me a couple of games okay <laughs> <laughs> from that honestly from um because i play a mixed uh bag of games anyway but there's things that all of you have said that i am pretty interested in so i'll have to uh, sing them in the old whatsapp and start looking at trailers and whatnot right so my honorable mentions i'm going to try and keep it to a minimum because i have about five thousand. the main one is like an amalgamation of three games which birth the genre which would be metroid Castlevania, which people know as Metroidvanias, but I'm going to go one further and I'm going to throw Mega Man X in it. Not just because I'm a fanboy, but because mm. from, I think it was from the original Mega Man in 1987, I never played a platformer which there was no level order. It wasn't a 1-1 and a 1-2 and this and the other. It was literally choose your own adventure sort of thing. Like, these are the levels, go pick one yourself. And then mm. you have to work out what was weak to another boss, which I thought was interesting then you actually had to think instead of just sit there and jump ironically i don't really like castlevania or metroid games but the games afterwards that have come from it incredible like we said about the messenger dead cells shovel knight uh rogue legacy uh iconoclasts uh hollow knights there's again it's endless there's so many mm. and a lot of them seem to be in the same sort of box where you know tick box for an awesome soundtrack for pixel-esque looking graphics for this. Cyber Shadow was another one which came out two weeks ago. Go play Cyber Shadow. It's dead good. Yeah, so there was that. There was a small game. Well, I say small game. There was a PS3 exclusive which came out quite a while ago called 3D.GameHeroes, which is... Joe knows about it because they... I've always wanted to play it, but I I cannot bring myself to pay for it. Mate, it's 50 quid on eBay now. Oh, no, it? It's, it never dropped in price like a fucking Zelda game. No, but, well, that's the that's the thing. It is Zelda, or not Zelda TM. It literally is PS3, not Zelda TM. And it is as good as you think it'll be. Yeah. I managed to get one copy from game, but I think it was in Hull or something, or an Asda's or something obscure for, like, 29.99. And I was a bit like, that's an indie game. Why is it 30 quid? And it was dead good. Again, mm. had really good humor, had a massive map. And it literally was the Zelda formula, but you could make your own character, which was hilarious in itself. So obviously I made him bright pink and like used like, you know, a balloon instead of a sword, because why wouldn't you? And again, that self-aware, you get to the end of the game and you can choose to join the bad guy. You waste the game over and get a trophy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just like, brill, bring it on. Very cool. So if you can find a copy of it or definitely legally acquire it, it's well worth getting really good game i will eventually rebuy it and grit through my teeth till they pop by spending 50 quid on it because it's worth it and i'll lend it to you joe so you don't have to that's worth getting and the last one which isn't really an indie game but it looks and plays like an indie game which is scott pilgrim the game which we join our film to game game to film totally missed it, no, missed it. it. Yeah. Totally, yeah don't know why criminal that i forgot it anna managuchi did the soundtrack which is incredible and it literally is the side scrolling beat up it's a Streets of Rage. It's uh, yeah, play Tekken, Tekken Three, where they did the side scroll. Yeah, Tekken thing. Force. Tekken yeah. Force, yes, me. Where like Tek- you, Tekken Force was awesome, and you used Tekken to play bowling. Yeah, man. But, uh, <laughs> if you went to get a power up, it was a roast chicken on the floor, and the guy really aggressively said chicken like every time he got it, and I was like, I feel so <laughs> macho for having this. I Even still say that like, to you this know, day. Bit. <laughs> yeah. I was a kid that was in like year seven in an ill-fitting t-shirt and a baseball cap and, and I just felt like a, such a badass flexing going chicken like oh, terribly brilliant <laughs> yeah. I still say it at work when I'm going what now? Yeah, when I'm going to the rotisserie counter at work to get my lunch I keep screaming chicken <laughs> just, I hope nobody gets the reference just to freak them out <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah that's crazy Ed the chicken yeah. guy so yeah, I walk past the fish counter and scream salmon. 
<laughs> I never got his last name Salmon, so that just makes it funny. It's like Salmon, so, Brill. On that note, yeah. Oh wait, I feel like I let the team down, so I've got two more. Go on, go on, chuck them out. Uh, one of them, one of them. I don't feel it is indie, but I don't feel that it's fair. But it needs to be mentioned because it is good. But it got a, it was a bit like a No Man's Sky, you know, it got massive hype, massive press. Uh, yeah. It was all over the events. Uh, and it was really, really good. And uh, I know Kev won't like it. Uh, Cuphead. Oh, yes. I, I know, I know yeah, you loved Cuphead. it, but it was so hard. But it's an indie yeah. title. It was it was built by an indie team. Yeah, um, yeah. 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 So you missed this but, one. But yeah, it, but it, it was, I think it's one of them that's a bit un, unfair in some respects that it got massively pushed by Microsoft. So then it makes loads of money, doesn't it? So it's indie title, but with like Microsoft's publishing behind it to promote it. Yeah. <laughs> Microsoft funded indie, yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's there's indie. There's a whole but... division on Microsoft called um, Idea Xbox that is specifically there to um, push indie titles. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And work with smaller developers who can't bring or don't have the resources to bring their game to market or go through like a smaller thing like Steam. These. Um, it's like this idea Xbox team work closely with the developers to bring it to console and bring it to Game Pass or bring it to a Games with Gold event. That's good that bigger companies yeah. do that though. Yeah. It is. I know there was like Nintendo does Nintendies or whatever it is and um, PlayStation does PlayStation Loves Indies, I think it's called. Um, there's a division of it anyway. Uh, but yeah, I agree. Cuphead is absolutely stellar. Uh, mm. I've still never finished it, which I feel ashamed about. I am. I haven't earned my Geek Good Badge yet. Um, but I don't think you can crossplay it. I think it's um, no because it's uh, so old school. It is couch co-op. Yeah, yeah. So I'll tell you what. When, when Earthworks will couch co-op it, however long it takes in that day, do it for a day. And my other one is uh, it was the first, I think it was the first game I actually played on PS4, uh, and it is actually an indie game, um, which is a bit weird. I didn't think it was. It was Outlast. If you ever played that, yeah. Really good, really good. Not not loads of story in it. There's loads of story in it, but not loads of driven narrative in it. Uh, it was just this guy with really, really bad cardiovascular and heavy breathing all the time, uh, and, uh, and a video camera. Um, he had the fitness. There's no uh, combat in it. You just have to nothing, hide and run. And, and, yeah. It was really what good, though. Really tense. Really good jump scares. <laughs> really tense. And you run out of batteries, and it turns black. It was fucking horrible. Yeah. I want to see on the second one. Um, I think the, I don't know. I, I didn't get into the second one as much. I might have to go back and redo it. But the first one was really good. Do you feel the second one bringing was a multiplayer one? The first one because of, of the money. I think, think so. It was, this one did well, so let's chuck another one out. It got like there were, when I try. I've played through a few hours of it, and the, the, it was really good to be with it. It just opened up a bit too much, and I liked the feeling of I was in a I was in a hospital room and there was very minimal space and this guy was definitely going to find me whereas i felt it was just that i could put my head underwater and swim and then pop up and breathe and swim i didn't like that bit as much so i, I didn't rate the second one as much but maybe i didn't give it enough time uh, but the first one was really good uh, yeah, that, yeah. that was my other one just felt like i let the team down so i wanted to put them in that's fair there's one that me and Gemma haven't mentioned that we're actually playing um which we're still terrible at and it's the forest <laughs> the forest is a good game but the we're horror just game not good is at it. it is it's uh it's a good game but we're just not good at it is what is what we're getting at <laughs> basically it's very, what i've read it on wiki so i know what happens and everything but i don't i can't remember that well basically what it is um you are in a plane crash you and up to three more players are in a plane crash uh you literally have to survive scavenge build a, a home whatever get resources that sort of stuff but it's pretty brutal to the point where, like, if you are cold, you have to get a fire. If you are hungry, you have to find something to eat. You have to medicate. You have to build armor and weapons. So they go really all in on it, which is quite cool. But then there's the cannibals. So that's fine. But, you know, I can deal with cannibals. I can deal with horror. I can't deal with dudes with eight legs. I can't deal with <laughs> dudes that's got a foot sticking out of his forehead that's trying to eat my arm. I'm like, the fuck is this? You've never and, been called uh, for horror. No, no, but like, what gets me is I know everyone's different, but mate, what the fuck? <laughs> and apparently, we need to save our kid, Timmy. We have a kid called Timmy, right? Of course, it's called Timmy. He, he only would have been a billion. 
Christ. Hello. <laughs> 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 you think uh, you that name, though, innit? Hello. You got to. Still prefer Jimmy Day. He was funny. But no, you've got to go into these caves and underground and stuff. You have to confront these cannibals to find your kid. It's not going well so far. We've survived one cave trip, but who knows? You know what's good about this episode? None of us, we all, we could tell we all play differently. We all pick different games. We didn't want one that overlapped, also. And even in their honorable, there wasn't even one that overlapped in them. I don't, unless anyone dropped one because someone mentioned it. But I don't, we, we all picked completely different games for everything. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff back. I've not even heard of, like yeah. from you guys. Like I made a cat quest. Like no man's. I think any, anyone that's listened <laughs> to this has heard of pa- cat quest now. Pat quest, I pat quest. sounds better with Pat Butcher. Yeah, so... right. would be. <laughs> Brill. With that, then, if that's what everyone's got, I may as well wrap it up. So, thank you everybody for listening, for tuning in. We want to say thank you as well to everyone that's liked us on socials and shared it. And everything as well. Now we're on more platforms like Spotify and Apple and everything. I don't know if we've got DMCA for that. But either way, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, we'll have another episode up very soon. If you want to join in the conversation, let us know what your favourite indie games are, what you played, if you agree with some of us, if you tell us stuff that you've heard of that we haven't or have mentioned. Either way, we'll be back very soon. You can catch us on Facebook at Games Realm Podcast, Instagram at Games Realm Podcast, and Twitter at Games Realm Cast. Bye! Bye, Taz. Bye. Just waiting on Jeremy to say bye.